This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Let's get it. All football, all the time. You're listening to the best football show, hosted by Elliot Shore Parks. What's going on, everyone? My name is Elliot Shore Parks. Today is Tuesday, November 29th, and this is the best football show podcast, the place for the top news and opinion from myself and from the best of the best from Odyssey's football podcasts and radio stations. If you like what you hear today, please hit that subscribe button in the top corner. It helps the show grow, and if you leave a five-star review with your best NFL take, any team, any player, any take, five-star review, I'll read it on an upcoming episode of the podcast. Today, I want to talk about three different quarterback situations around the league, three of the more interesting situations that's happening for teams that realistically are not going to the playoffs, but have a tough decision to make what to do both this season and moving forward. I want to talk about how I would handle each of those each of those situations. Let's start in Denver, which is maybe, I shouldn't even say maybe, it is definitely the ugliest situation in the NFL right now. We saw things boil over this past weekend with defensive players yelling at Russell Wilson, the offense once again turning in a really bad performance. I mean, one of the more unbelievable stats this year in the NFL is that the Denver Broncos have only scored over 20 points twice in 10 of their games. I mean, in a league that's designed for the offense to score, a league where the rules are bent towards the offense to make sure there's points in the board on the board in every stadium and on every Sunday the fact they've only got only gotten over 20 points twice in 10 games is simply unbelievable so I do understand the frustration going on with the Denver Broncos defensive players they've been a really good defense this year they're keeping teams in this game in in, in the game and consistently Russell Wilson and their head coach Nathaniel Hackett have blown it they've been very bad for the Broncos this year I mean that's probably a, a huge understatement on my part But the question is, what do they do now? If you're the Broncos, what do you do? You just gave Russell Wilson a five-year, $242 million deal. You dealt multiple first-round picks for him. You have handed the keys to this franchise over to him. 
and it's been a complete disaster. I mean, this could go down as one of the worst trades in NFL history. The dead money deals, if, if they get rid of him, are, are simply staggering. I mean, I was in Philadelphia when the Eagles moved on from Carson Wentz, and the cap hit, the dead cap hit was around $35 million. The Broncos are looking at potentially a $107 million cap hit if they cut him this offseason. They trade him, it goes down, it's not as bad, it depends on where they trade him. If they trade him after June 1st, it could be around $40 million, the the dead cap hit, I mean. But then you've paid $57 million for one season of him, and you also have a $40 million cap hit on your books. Now, I do not think, for the most part, dead money cap hits are a reason to make decisions in the NFL. If you feel you have to move on from Russell Wilson, the worst thing you can do is throw more bad money on bad money. You cannot just keep him because of the cap hits. That being said, $107 million is an absurd dead money cap hit, right? So the Broncos are not going to be cutting him. The question is, are they able to trade him? Is this a situation where you think you can recoup anything of value for Russell Wilson? And that's the tough part that the Broncos find themselves in. Other teams around the league that have taken big dead money cap hits. Matt Ryan, right? The Falcons were able to trade him, took a dead money cap hit, but they were able to trade him and recoup something of value. The Eagles here in Philadelphia, they got a first round pick for Carson Wentz and a third round pick, but a first round pick for Carson to eat that dead money cap hit. So you can take a big money cap hit if you're the Broncos, if you're getting something back. The issue is you're probably not. Russell Wilson has not played well this year. He's 35 years old. And it looks like there could potentially be culture issues there in Denver, at least in Philadelphia, where there were some issues with Carson in the locker room. He was still arguably young. He was able, you know, you could argue that his best days could potentially still be ahead of him. It was an ugly situation in Philadelphia. The Matt Ryan situation in Indianapolis when they traded for him, he certainly was not young, but he was coming after Carson. They were a win. They viewed themselves as a win now team. He was viewed as a great locker room guy. So there were selling points. There is currently no selling point for a team to trade for Russell Wilson. If you're a, if you're an opposing team considering trading for Russell Wilson, what do the Broncos sell you on? He's not played well. The locker room seems to hate him, and you know that the other team knows that the Broncos have to get rid of him. So while I would be okay with them eating a dead money cap hit to get rid of him, the issue is you are likely going to get almost nothing of value back in a return for Russell Wilson. You're certainly not getting a first round pick. You're certainly not getting the multiple first round picks you traded away. You might not even get a fourth like a like a conditional like you might get a conditional mid-round pick that has so many conditions on it in terms of he has to be a pro bowl player to become a second like those type of things but even then i don't see a clear destination when he where he would go to because if you're a team looking for a quarterback you are most likely at the top of the draft you are most likely going to want to draft a guy that's 20 you know 22 23 24 as opposed to commit to someone that's 35 that just has shown he cannot come in and and just change things around. So unfortunately, while I'm okay with the dead money cap hit, it looks like the Broncos are going to have to hold on to him. So what do they do? Obviously, there has to be a fall guy. I do think that firing the head coach after one year is certainly a bold move. And I think that it could end up being an overreaction. I think that these things do take time, right? I mean, again, I was in Philadelphia last year with Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts, where midway through the year where they were two and I think they got eventually to two and six. You know, Sirianni was going to get fired. Hertz wasn't the guy. Well, they're now 10 and 1, and they have the best record in the NFL. The difference is Hertz, young, ascending, all those types of things. Sirianni, there were no locker room issues. The players always played hard for Sirianni that season. 
And I know one clip of a player yelling at Russell Wilson doesn't mean that there's a huge culture problem in Denver, but it never got ugly like that in Philadelphia. So for the Broncos, if you come back next year with the same head coach and quarterback, that is an extremely hard sell, right? The Eagles were able to bring in players around uh, around Jalen Hurts. They made the playoffs last year, right? They're, they won, I think it was eight of their final 10 games. There were selling points to kind of bring back a duo that there were a lot of question marks about. That's not really the case in Denver. At least it doesn't seem like it's going to be. It seems like it's only going to get uglier. And again, there's no on-the-field reason to be optimistic. 14 points a game, dead last in the NFL. As I mentioned, only over 20 points twice in 10 games. That's horrendous. So they're going to have to move on from Nathaniel Hackett. But my advice to the Broncos would be, do not hire a head coach specifically for Russell Wilson. He is not long for Denver. At best, you're probably getting two more years out of him. If you hire a coach specifically for him, you are doubling down on what is looking like a really big mistake. When you interview head coaches, tell them you're willing to move on for Russell Wilson. Ask them how they would potentially do it. See how they could build the offense for him, but don't hire somebody specifically that's going to build the team for Russell Wilson. The Eagles did not do that with Nick Sirianni. They hired the person, and then from there, they trusted he would have the X's and O's to coach whatever quarterback they ended up going with. Chances are that quarterback is going to be Russell Wilson, so of course you want the head coach to have some ideas, but the worst thing they could do is bring in a head coach that Russell Wilson picked, or that has ties to Russell Wilson, or that looks like, okay, well, he, you know, he's worked with Russell Wilson. Maybe he can turn it around. No. They need to hire a coach for the Denver Broncos, not for Russell Wilson. And then if they end up moving on from Russell Wilson, you're not stuck with someone that you have a tie with. So I am not, and I'll admit, I have probably been fooled by the Broncos like many. There is still a part of me that feels like this is a situation that maybe can be salvaged with Russell Wilson next year. But I know one way it can't be salvaged, and that's making decisions specifically for him. A, because he might not be any good anymore, which is a harsh reality they have to deal with. But also, if the locker room already is mad at him, bringing in a head coach that they believe was hired just for him is only going to make a bad situation worse. So in Denver, where they have a massive quarterback issue, I think the best plan is to move on from the head coach, hire someone specifically for the team, not for Russell Wilson, Give Russell Wilson one more year. And if that's the case, it's still not working. Then you got to just eat whatever the dead money cap hit is. You cannot keep him around much longer. But with an unlikely trade partner, I think they have to do one more year with Russell, but hire a new head coach just for the team. Don't cater to Russell anymore. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The second situation that I want to get into, and I got a chance to see this firsthand Sunday night in Philadelphia, is the Packers situation with Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. The Packers' loss on Sunday night dropped their chances, according to 538, to just a 3% chance of making the playoffs. So obviously, it's not happening in Green Bay this year. And they're really one of the craziest teams. I mean, you obviously look at what's happening with the Los Angeles Rams, but they've had a ton of injury. Like, Matthew Stafford's missed time. Allen Robinson's now out for the year. Cooper Cup is out for the year. Like, they've had injuries. In Green Bay... It's really just a combination of bad throws by Aaron Rodgers leading to turnovers. The defense is obviously horrendous against the run. The receivers took some time to develop. But it's not like one 
thing where you can't blame you can't blame anybody for it. Like the Rams can't really blame anybody for the injuries. There's a lot to blame. Uh, there's a lot of blame to go around in Green Bay. But now they have to decide what are they going to do. Are they going to keep Aaron Rodgers in a quarterback who now has a rib injury and potentially a bro- a broken thumb? I should say with potentially a serious rib injury. So th- this might be. Uh, the decision might be made for them. They might just have to go with Jordan Love. But I do think at this point, the Packers are better off committing to Jordan Love and moving on from Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers doesn't even know if he wants to play next year. Jordan Love came in last night, and I actually thought he looked much better than expected. He was 6 of 9 for 113 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. I thought the ball looked really good coming out of his hands. I looked like he made the right decisions. For the most part, he hit guys in stride. And I know it's only nine throws at the end of a game that was kind of really out of reach by the time he got in there but it's done in Green Bay like Aaron Rodgers is done I think at this point it's not like and it's also not like Russell Wilson in Denver where they might not be able to get something for him I think it'll be hard, but I think there's also teams out there that might be interested in trading for Aaron Rodgers, potentially the San Francisco 49ers. I don't think they're going to go back to Trey Lance. I don't really think they want to stick with Jimmy Garoppolo. Aaron Rodgers is from San, you know, from the, the California area. I could see that being a potential trade where they would be interested in bringing Aaron, in Aaron Rodgers. Or Aaron Rodgers could just flat out retire. I know they just gave him a big deal, but if he decides to move on, and I think there's a real chance he would do that, the Packers should give Jordan Love a year. They've invested in him for multiple seasons. I do think he has some potential. I thought he showed a little bit of that on Sunday night. And I think it's just time for some some fresh air there in Green Bay. I think the Aaron Rodgers situation has gotten overly tense, overly complicated. Obviously, all is off the field stuff. The fact that Devontae Adams had to leave. The fact that he doesn't know if he was going to come back. Like, There's a lot going on there. And I don't think you're seeing a motivated Aaron Rodgers anymore. And as a result... I don't think you're seeing a motivated Packers team. I thought their effort at times on Sunday night was poor, especially against the run. They just don't look like a team that played with any urgency. And I don't know if Jordan loves the answer from a talent perspective, but I do know if Jordan Love got in there, he would feel a sense of urgency. He would know that this was his chance. His career would be on the line. He doesn't have, you know, over two or $300 million earned in career incomes like Aaron Rodgers does. So I think in Green Bay, it's time to move on from Aaron Rodgers. I would stick with the same head coach, but I'd give Jordan Love a chance for at least a year, definitely the rest of this season, see how he looks, and potentially next year. But I think in Green Bay, the move is to move on from the quarterback and give Jordan Love a chance. The final situation I want to talk about, and one of the crazier games from this past weekend, was with the New York Jets and Mike White, a guy that... Say what you will, he seems to play well whenever he goes in. He played uh, this past weekend 22 of 28, 315 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, a pass rating of 149.3. I mean, it really could not have gone better for Mike White in his debut this season or, you know, his first kind of chance at the starting job with the Jets now that they've uh, benched Zach Wilson. And I think especially coming off of the Zach Wilson thing, if you're Zach Wilson, you have to be sitting on the sideline in realizing that your time as a starting quarterback with the Jets is over. There's no way they're going to go back to him. There's no way if they, for some reason, did, he would play at a high level. Like, this is not Mike White's team, but it certainly is no longer Zach Wilson's team. And I have to I have to say, like, it has been somewhat infuriating to watch how 
Robert Sala and Joe Douglas are being treated in New York. I feel like they are not getting the right amount of criticism for what is now a bad situation in New York. Zach Wilson could go down as potentially the worst draft evaluation of all time in the top few picks. When you look at the number, where he went, you look at on the field, they completely blew that evaluation. He clearly, he can barely play a functioning quarterback in the NFL. You see young guys come in all the time and play to a good level. He has not improved and he's not shown that he's a good quarterback but off the field too they clearly missed that evaluation you look at what he said in terms of not taking blame you read things about how maybe players aren't the biggest fan of Zach Wilson in that locker room so soon like so soon after they drafted him they're going to end up getting almost no productive football out of him and somehow they're avoiding criticism because they moved to Zach White and he played well but regardless I think now the, the the Jets have to, at this point, ride it out with Mike White. Mike White, 27 years old. He'll be 28 next year. The chances of him being the guy are somewhat slim, but you never know. Maybe they, they hit lightning in a bottle. Like He is a guy that's been around the team. He seems extremely popular. They are a team that still has a chance to go to the playoffs. So maybe if he takes you on a ride into the playoffs, he plays well in the playoff game, you're not desperate to make a move. Like Maybe you don't have to go to a Derek Carr. You don't have to go to a Jimmy Garoppolo or an Aaron Rodgers or, you know, God forbid, a Russell Wilson. Like Maybe there is something there with Mike White. But I think right now what the Jets obviously have to do, I mean, it's not. It's, this is the easiest decision of, of all three. You clearly still Stick with Mike White. You see what he has. And then this offseason, you hope that he plays well enough where you don't have to make a desperation move. You don't have to, you know, give a Russell Wilson $242 million like the Broncos did. You don't have to beg Aaron Rodgers to come back like the Packers did. I would be surprised if Mike White is the game one starter next year for the Jets. But I think he should get a chance at the job. And if he plays well enough, it'll put the Jets in a good situation, even after what was really, as I as I said, perhaps the worst evaluation ever of a quarterback in the top three in the NFL. This has been the latest edition of the Best Football Show podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. It means the world to me. Please hit that subscribe button in the top corner if you like what you hear. And if you leave a five-star review with your favorite or best NFL take, like I said, any team, any player, any take, leave a five-star review, and I'll read them on an upcoming episode of the podcast. Thanks again, everybody, for listening, and I'll talk to you guys on Wednesday.